Well, kia ora te whanau. Kia tau, kia koutou, te aroha noa, me te rangimārie. Grace and peace on us all this morning. Sorry about that noise. Is it really getting to you? It's kind of attached to the heating, we think. So uh, we thought the heating was off, but it seems to have come back on again. And with the heating has come the noise. So you either got the warmth and the noise, or no noise and the cold. So uh, I promise you we'll be going back to the school about this this week and saying, no, we don't want the noise. It's driving us nuts. So can you concentrate okay? You're all right. I mean, uh, yeah, good, good eye. We'll, we'll, we'll try, eh? We'll just see how we do. And if, if it gets too much for you and you start running out with your fingers in your ears, I'll, I won't take it personally that it's anything I said. Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. My throat's a bit gone, really. <clears throat> okay, well, anyway, it's been a strange old time. And uh, again, we just appreciate, express our thanks to those who worked so hard uh, over the last few weeks and few months, really, as we did some very weird things as a church, things that we've not done before and going online and everything else that we've uh, had to work through as a, as a group, as a community. Um, so, yeah, we are so grateful for those who worked so hard. And it has been a very odd time. I mean, over these months, I found myself feeling so many different things, so many different emotions from actually lockdown level four was okay, wasn't it? That wasn't so bad, at least the first few days. Uh, I quite enjoyed the peace. Uh, but apart from that, I mean, there's all kinds of emotions of uh, worry or fears or, you know, what about how bad will this virus get? And what about family, loved ones? What about our community? What about, what about, what about? Just confusion. What's going to happen? And uh, I don't know whether you felt the same. Such a strange time, but uh, which is why I found it so helpful over this time and since, actually, to focus in on someone who I think is one of the great characters of Scripture. One of the great characters of Scripture. And he's great because in the midst of the chaos and the confusion and the difficulty of his own time, and there was lots of that, he was able to, to position himself to see what God was doing in it all and what God was doing in those around him. And this one ability alone makes him, I think, one of the most strategically influential people of his day and of the New Testament. Now, you don't often hear about him. He doesn't make the top five in the New Testament. Probably doesn't even make the top ten. But he's right there. And because of what he saw and how he responded, huge things happened for the kingdom to advance. He's that influential. So who am I talking about? I wonder if you've already guessed who I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about Barnabas. I'm talking about this guy here with you this morning, Barnabas. One of the most strategic men in the whole of the New Testament simply because he could see what God was doing in a person or a situation even when everybody else could not see anything. He could see. It's a bit like this. I'm going to show you a picture now on the screen of a lovely trees and a lake. And a couple walking by the seashore. Can you see that picture? Can you see what else is in the picture? Can you see beyond the picture to what's, what's also happening in there? Raise your hands if you can see what else is going on in the picture. Now, some of you are raising your hands that you don't see, do you? But you're just doing it because you don't want to be left out. Others of you are kind of looking at it thinking, what is it? What's he talking about? What's he talking about? When you can see, just, just someone shout out what's going on in the picture. The baby. Can you see the big baby? Everybody going, oh, I see the baby. Oh, I already saw that. I already saw that. The baby. That's right. The baby. Well, 
Barnabas is a bit like, not the baby, but a bit like seeing the picture. He could see what was going on beyond the obvious. And far more important than puzzles, Barnabas could see what God was doing in a person or a place even when no one else could see. And the first obvious example of that is the ninth chapter of Acts when he first comes across Paul. All right, when he first comes across Paul. Now, now uh, if you know about Paul in the early days, he was bad news. Paul was bad news. Acts chapter 8, verse 3, when Saul or Paul, Paul and Saul, it names interchangeable, means the same person, but Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both women and men and put them in prison. Acts chapter 9, meanwhile, Saul or Paul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. All right, so, so murder and destruction, all right, that's Paul. He hates the church at this time, and he's tearing it to pieces. And if you actually think about what that meant, then you suddenly realize that Paul was a nasty piece of work in his day. If you think about families being split up and put behind bars, all right, if you think about people being beaten and whipped and thrashed, if you think about torture, and people were dying as well because of Paul. He's that kind of character. He was absolutely against the church. And Paul gets to the point where he so devastated the Jerusalem church, because that's where he was operating at the time, that the thought enters his head to say, well, well I've done, done fine here. I've crushed the church here. Now I'm going to go beyond to the next port of call, the next uh, population point, Damascus. And so Paul and his few friends, they get on their horses and they leave Jerusalem and he's on his way to Damascus, and most of you will know the story, don't you, that, that God meets with Paul on the road to Damascus. A bright light shines, Paul is on his face, and he realizes that Jesus is the Lord. And so he gives his life to the Lord. His friends have to lead him to Damascus because he can't see. And when he gets to Damascus, he gets baptized, and he gives his life over to Jesus totally, and he preaches from then on. The gospel is being preached through Paul in Damascus. And he's charging around preaching the gospel there with such fervency that enemies crop up and enemies start to have a go at him. And so Paul in the end decides to escape, has to leave Damascus, and he heads back to Jerusalem. And really his plan is to join the church in Jerusalem and grow in faith and serve there. But there's a problem when he arrives. Acts chapter 9 says this. But uh, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. Which, of course, is no surprise at all, is it? Because he's just been destroying the church. And many of those believers will have had friends or family who will be behind bars because of Paul. And some will have the scars of being beaten because of Paul. So they've been devastated by this guy. And now here he is in Jerusalem claiming to be a, 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 a disciple. And so no one wants anything to do with them, not the apostles, no disciple at all wants anything to do with Paul, except for Barnabas. And so we have the next verse. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. I just love that. So when everyone else saw Paul, all they saw was an enemy, they saw a threat, they saw a killer, they saw a torturer, they saw a destroyer of the church. But Barnabas, he sees something else. 
He sees more than the lake and the trees. He sees something beyond. And I think what he sees is really this. He sees what God is doing in the man. He sees God at work. He sees possibility where others see no hope. Otherwise, he would never have approached Barnabas in the first place. Would never have come close to him. Now, we don't know how it played out in detail. And I like to imagine Paul sitting on a park bench somewhere feeling all alone, you know, rejected by everyone, isolated, and uh, feeling like nobody, is, nobody wants to reach out to him. The church doesn't want anything to do with him. And maybe he's praying things like, God, is there any hope for me at all? Is there any hope? Everyone's gone. And then he sees Barnabas walking towards him. And Barnabas, Barnabas buys him a coffee and simply says to Paul, tell me your story. And Paul tells him his story. I love it. And somehow Barnabas was in a place to see possibility and opportunity and grace at work where others see only fear. That's the point. And because of that, everything changes for Paul. Paul is brought into the church and friendships are formed and connection is made and encouragement comes and Paul is transformed. His life changes at that point. All because Barnabas saw something. He saw opportunity where others saw no hope. And you see, being on the receiving end of someone seeing something in you can be life-changing, can't it? Ever had that feeling? When somebody saw something in you and it changed your life. That certainly happened to me before in the past. Uh, uh, personally, I remember last week I was just telling some friends about when I was a teenager, when I was a 17, 18, 19-year-old. And uh, if you had met me then, you would have seen me a very different person. I, was, uh, I remember I'd be the one who would go to church and set the chairs out. And I did. Every Sunday I would come, I'd put the chairs out, uh, and I wouldn't say anything to anybody because, by and large, I, I could not. I wasn't able to speak. I, I physically couldn't get any words out. Uh, if you think my stutter's bad these days, well, I'll tell you, back then it was so bad that I couldn't actually communicate. And uh, apart from, hi, how are you? And that was about it. And so my, my ventures on a Sunday was coming to Sunday early, coming to church, putting the chairs out, possibly saying hi to a few people, but really not many, because I didn't want to embarrass them, because I felt embarrassed. And I put the chairs away at the end of the meeting, and I'd shuffle off home thinking, God, will you ever do anything with me? And uh, it was so profound. I remember it was so bad at one point, I used to punch myself in the face out of frustration to get the words out. And uh, I remember thinking, God, what can you do with me? Until a visiting preacher came through our church one day, a Barnabas, actually. And I remember him looking at me and saying, get on your feet, young man. And I did. And he put his hand on my head and he said, you will preach and you will teach and you'll go to other nations and you'll be my preacher, my teacher. And uh, I remember feeling his hand on my head at the same time sensing the stifled laugh from everybody else in the room. And I thought, yeah, sure, that's going to be a joke. And I felt the same. But all I can say is, it changed my life. And for decades, I've been doing what I and everybody else back then thought was impossible. It's what I do now. It's my job. How bizarre. This is what God can do. This is what a Barnabas can do. This is what a Barnabas can do. It's a wonderful ability to see what God may be doing in a person. Now, the name Barnabas, of course, means son of encouragement. We, most of us know that. But really, it's more than that, isn't it? It's, it's prophetic encouragement. It's the ability to see opportunity where others see no hope. 
It's the ability to see possibility and potential in God when others don't see anything at all. And to be honest, I think this is something we could do with more in the church, don't you? To be a people, a community that is looking to see what God is doing in each other rather than what is not happening. Now, I'm not talking about encouraging empty hype either. I'm not saying we should all go around slapping each other on the back and saying what, how, how awesome we all are. Uh, I'm not talking about that so much. Really, it's seeing, it's understanding the backdrop of what God is doing in our lives. You see, in the um, 11th chapter of Acts, it says that Barnabas was a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. And I think what that really means here is that he simply understood and believed that God is fundamentally a God who is on the move. A God who is on the move. He works. He continues to work. Just like the new song we've been singing recently, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. And that's the backdrop that Barnabas believed. God is on the move, and he's on the move in each of our lives. He is. And that's not just wishful thinking on Barnabas's part. That's basic biblical truth. Basic biblical truth. Look, since we were born, God has been at work in each one of us, bringing us to the point of adoption and continuing to work in us and shape us for his glory. Or as Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 2, we are God's workmanship. He's at work in you and me, shaping us, conforming us more and more into the image of his Son. It's what God is doing. That's the backdrop. He never stops working. He never stops. And you see, I'm convinced of that. And if I am convinced of that, then I will look at people differently, right? I'll look at, look at people with expectation. What is God doing in this person? What is he doing? No matter how hopeless it looks, what is God doing? And you see, being full of faith in the Spirit simply means you believe that. You believe that. You're full of faith in the truth and you're in tune with the Spirit. And that's what Barnabas had. That's why I believe he could see what God was doing. Folks, I believe as we come out of lockdown, it's time to recalibrate our thinking again. It's to recalibrate our thinking. It's to believe that God is on the move, the kingdom advances, and that he's working in the life of everybody that you know, including the one sitting next to you right now. He is working. And you'll see this with Barnabas again and again. He sees what God is doing in a person and people, but, but not just people. Barnabas sees it in situations too. He sees it in situations. My favorite example of that is uh, uh, the church in Antioch. All right, The 11th chapter of Acts is all about how the church of, at Antioch is planted. And again, it comes purely from what Barnabas saw. All right. Now, you probably know the story about the church in Antioch. After the, after the death of Stephen, Stephen was stoned, all the disciples in Jerusalem just, just scattered. They took off. They took off. They left. It says in verse 20, it says, Some of these disciples, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord. In other words, as believers scatter from Jerusalem and they go up the coast towards Antioch, they start sharing the gospel to non-Jews and to people of different ethnic backgrounds and different cultures, which had never been done before. 
And it seems many people started turning to God and before long stories started drifting back to Jerusalem that something odd is going up in Antioch. Something strange is going on. And so it says in verse 22, it says, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. In other words, something odd is going up there. Barnabas, could you go up there and find out? And so Barnabas goes. Now, as he arrives in Antioch, he gets off his horse, starts meeting people, and the big thing about Barnabas, the challenge he's got is, what does he see when he gets to Antioch? Because I suggest he could have seen a total disaster in Antioch. A total disaster. And I say that because of the confusion and the chaos that would have been there. I mean, just think about it. Such, such diverse backgrounds... New believers, there's no leaders or teachers or, or pastors or disciples or anything. People are just spouting off anything that they believe. And new believers, if you, are, if you were a new believer, remember back to, to, to when those early days were there and you didn't know anything and you were saying any old thing. I know I certainly did when I first got saved. Uh, in fact, I'm embarrassed about the heresy that I preached when I first got saved. I, I came to a church like this, walked in, gave my life to the Lord. The next day, I was back at school preaching the gospel, or what I thought was the gospel. And I still remember with great embarrassment, standing up in front of my class, saying to everybody fervently, you need to be circumcised to be saved. <laughs> and the only redeeming feature about that was that none of us knew what that meant. <laughs> Otherwise, we would have been in real trouble. <laughs> when you're first saved, you preach any old garbage, really, sometimes, don't you? I mean, I didn't know. No one had taught me. Well, in Antioch, this would have been multiplied many times over. Chaos. Chaos. And the point is this. I think Barnabas could so easily have looked at what was going on, got back on his horse, rode out of town, gone back to Jerusalem and said to the apostles, it's a shambles. Leave it alone. Don't go near it. It'll fade out over time. That's what he could have done. And that's what he could have seen. But no, Barnabas is a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. He knows God is on the move. So what does he see? Well, it tells us, verse 23, it says, When he saw the evidence of God's grace, he was glad. That's what he saw. Barnabas doesn't see just chaos and confusion and mess. He sees beyond that. He sees grace. He sees grace. Now, it may be untidy. There may be many unanswered questions, but he sees grace. And because Barnabas saw this, he brings Paul down, and they begin to teach the church and shape the church. And then, you know, the Antioch church becomes this great apostolic base, which affects the rest of the Roman Empire because they send out church planting teams everywhere. All because of what one man saw. All because of what one man saw. That this man saw possibilities of grace rather than a shambles. And guys, I think it's so important that we learn to position ourselves to begin to see grace. To see what God may be doing. To see opportunity and potential rather than just nothing. Because God is on the move in your family. He is on the move in your job. He is on the move in your school or your college or your university. He is on the move in our community and in our nation and beyond. He never stops working. Amen?
That's the backdrop of the increase of his government and peace. There'll be no end. That's the backdrop. And to believe that really does change how you see everything. Now, going back to the lockdown, this lockdown that we're still coming out of, look, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. At the start of it all, when we're going from level two to level three to four, you remember how fast we went? We almost missed out level three. I'll be honest with you. Do you know what I saw at that time? I'll tell you what I saw. I saw trouble. That's what I saw. I saw, I saw uncertainty. I saw instability. And I saw fear. And my first thoughts and my only thoughts were, how can we stabilize the church? How can we protect the church? How can we stop people scattering? How can we bring comfort and support? How can we keep people plugged in? And I sent out updates, remember, in those first weeks, every few days. Updates, update, King's Church, which is a code word for help. <laughs> Hang in there, everybody. Yeah, saying that to myself most of the time. What did I see? That's what I saw. But, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, as the days went by, I began to change my thinking, really. I began to ask another thing, another way of asking, which was, what is God doing in all of this? Because, after all, God is on the move, because that's the backdrop. And I began to think about Barnabas. What are the opportunities here that God could be sending our way? And that's a different question. And that changes how you see everything. And suddenly things aren't so fearful as they were before. Suddenly there are opportunities. And as we began to chat about as elders, and, and we also brought others and we consulted with them too, and we began to think, well, well, what are the prophetic opportunities here? What are things that God has buried deep in our hearts that we want to think about now that he could be doing something with at this time? Words that God gave us a long time ago. And you know what we began to think? We began to think about Paraparaumu. And the coast, the Kapiti coast. Because deep in our hearts, we long for something to happen up there for years. And so often people have said to me, Pete, when are you going to start something up on the coast? And I've said, I've always said, not yet, not yet, not yet. But we began to think, look, God is on the move. And so when we could meet in groups above 10, 10 and up, I remember putting a message out saying, all of those who live in Pukurua Bay North why don't you meet on a Sunday? Why don't you meet up there? And you know what? That's what they did. Up in Paraparaumi, a group has been meeting up there for the last two Sundays. And you know what? It's been phenomenal, really, in terms of the presence of God. Those who are up there just sensing God. In the worship time, uh, Dan leading us in worship the first Sunday, and then uh, Alex and Joe the second Sunday, last Sunday, and just a sense of God being upon the gathering totally surprised us. First week, I think there was 32. Last Sunday, there was 38. Had a new family come along, and old friends started turning up that we've known up there for years. Just a sense that God is stirring something up there. Quite profound. God is present among us. That's what we sense. And there's an excitement and there's a stirring. Amazing. At the beginning of lockdown, it's, God, this is terrible. To at this point is, God, what are you doing here? What are you doing? What are you stirring? What are the opportunities? Now, there are many details to be worked out with Kapiti and where it sits. And there's no, at the moment, there's no date at all that could kick anything off on a Sunday. But it's getting closer. I need to tell you that. There is a genuine stirring that God is doing something up there on the coast. And I don't believe it will be very long at all before we see a Sunday gathering up there. 
every Sunday. And I think it's genuinely because of what God is stirring. Many questions are left unanswered, I know. We need to work through them all. But we're just genuinely looking at something, seeing that there is an opportunity there, rather than fear, what, what shall we do? But no, genuinely sensing God is stirring us. And that's what God can do. He can open a cupboard up. So I want us to be praying about that as a church, because I think it's going to be a phenomenal adventure, actually. And all we're doing is simply looking at something and sensing that God is stirring something there. Many details to work through, no definite date yet, but please just keep an eye out. Watch out, pray with us as we pray along with what we believe God is stirring. All because we've seen something. And you see, God can do this with capity. He can open it up. And the thing is, if we're prepared to see, he can do it in any situation. He can do it in your job. He can do it in your school and in your family. He can do it in your town. He can do it in your life. Because our God never stops working. He never stops. The question is, are you in a position to see it? Folks, as we come out of lockdown, let's get ready for adventure, not just Kapiti, but other initiatives into the community. God is stirring us. The question is, are you in a position to see? And it will unfold as we begin to see. Amen? Amen. So today, this morning, I want us to pray for some people this morning. I believe as we're coming out of lockdown, there's some... Folks, we need to pray for. I really feel strongly about it. We need to pray for some of those who are already sensing that God is stirring you for something. It may not be defined yet, but you are sensing that God has spoken to you. Maybe in your job, maybe in your school, maybe in your life, in your ministry. Well, we should pray for you that God continues to open that up. And there may be others of you, and you've lost the ability to see. You could probably relate to when I was 17 or 18 years old and you're the one who's shuffling home thinking, God, will you ever use me? Listen, God wants to meet with you. God wants to open things up in your life. God wants to give you the ability to see. Are you up for that? Hallelujah. Let's stand, shall we? Let's just stand. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't it great to know that God was never locked down? And that God has been working, working. He never stops working. And that God is shaping and shaping you and me. He's never stagnant, always on the move. And I believe at this time when we're coming out of lockdown, God is speaking again. There's some here in this room, God is speaking to you about new things. Yeah. And there are some of you maybe, and you felt, I, I haven't felt this for years. I know God spoke to me years ago, but I've never seen it come through. God can meet with you now. He can give you eyes to see what he's bringing you into. Let's just pray, shall we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Father, we praise you that you're the God who can take anything that looks hopeless and make it into something that is fruitful. Father, I still want to thank you that many years ago you came to me when I was nowhere and lost and wondered, could you ever use me, Lord? 
yet you sent a Barnabas to me. And Father, I pray that you'll make us increasingly a church of Barnabases, those who can genuinely look to see what you're doing in the lives of those around them. And who can look at their town or their, their, their workplace or even the nation and, and see what you are doing and respond to that. Father, we pray today that you come upon us in power as we come out of lockdown, that we don't simply revert back to what we were doing before. But Lord, we walk with you. We genuinely launch into a new season of creativity, of, of life, of, of true spirit-inspired initiatives. Father, come upon us, we pray in Jesus' name. I pray come upon each one of us. Help us to raise our gaze, to be in a place to look at what you are doing in our lives and in our nation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Can I just encourage you, wherever you are, just to be before God now, just to consciously incline your heart to Him. Consciously turn your eyes, as it were, to Him. Remember, God came to a Paul or a Saul and upended his life, just like that on the road to Damascus. God came through Barnabas to that Paul and said, no, you come, you come in. Throughout the book of Acts, God's moving and he's moving and the, the church is trying to keep up with him. He doesn't give them a five-year plan. He pours his spirit out and they follow him. Father, I pray that you pour your spirit out afresh on us today. As we look ahead to what you're doing and what you're calling us to, I pray now, stir us and move us forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.